0: You're listening to the less stress in life podcast, your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change together. They bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Welcome to this bonus episode of the less stress in life podcast. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I can't think of a more appropriate guest than Lisa Zarcone. She's a child and mental health advocate, blogger, and author of her memoir, The Unspoken Truth. As the Massachusetts National Ambassador of NASCA, National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse, she uses her title and personal story as a platform to speak about child abuse, mental health, and suicide prevention. Welcome, Lisa. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you today.
1: I know. Thank you, Deb, for having me. I'm really happy to be here. It's, it's good to see you.
0: <laughs> so, you've used your personal story to bring awareness to mental health and the effects of having a mentally ill parent. Can you share a little bit about why you decided to share your story and become an advocate for mental health?
1: Yes, uh, because my story is so complex. So many things happen from a young age on up. And when you get to the core of everything that happened to me, all the abuse, being um, susceptible to, to other people for further abuse. So I was abused by more than one person. When you really dig deep and look into all of it, it really all comes back to mental health and it all comes back to mental illness. And when it is not, you know, taken care of properly or someone who is sick is not supported properly, everything falls apart and it's a domino effect It reaches the whole family. And as a young child, children are the most vulnerable. So, I decided to share my story for that very reason, because I was that vulnerable child and I was preyed upon. And it was a a really horrific time and a very dark time in my life. So I felt the only way that I could make the best reasoning out of it is to make, you know, purpose, bring it to bring it to purpose. You know, whatever happened to me, which is awful, it's coming to light in such a beautiful way in the sense that by sharing my story, I'm helping other people share their story. No, they're not alone. And, and give them the courage to break the silence. So that is, that's really what, you know, fueled me to move forward with sharing my story. So your book is written from the eyes of a child. What's been the response to your story? That's an interesting question because the response to my, my story has been all over the place. You know, for the most part, it's been positive and people are like really, you know, invested into the story and understanding the child's perspective. So, you know, again, writing it that way, I I wanted people to understand, you know, what the child felt like right in the moment of that abuse. So of course it's raw, it's choppy, and it also shows the child's mind damaged from all this abuse. It's not going to be pretty and it's not going to be eloquent. You know, anything to do with abuse is, is awful and it's, it's dark. So I did, I wrote it in that way because I wanted people to really see the child So on the latter end of that, when you talk about the negativity, you know, I've been criticized for the way I wrote it. I was criticized for the graphic nature of the story. I was also criticized because it wasn't written perfectly and I didn't write it perfectly. And I did that on purpose. Again, I wanted to show people what it's like to be that damaged child. And I left it just the way it was because that's how my story was up, down, sideways, dark, light, a little bit of everything. And, you know, I'm proud of my work and I stand by it 110%.
0: Well, it's your story. And I'm guessing that when you're out doing public appearances, a lot of people disclose to you for the first time that maybe have never told or shared any of those words with anyone.
1: Oh God. Yes. Well, you know, some powerful moments after a presentation, You know, one that will stick with me forever is this, this woman that came up to me afterwards. She was with her daughter and she was about probably 75 to 80 years old. And she shared with me about her abuse. And she said it was the first time she's ever spoken out loud. And she was crying. Her daughter was crying. I have to be honest. I started crying because I'm thinking to myself, this woman carried this burden her whole life. And now she finally was able to let it go. And what a beautiful moment it really, really was. It was powerful, beautiful, profound, all in one, but it really did. It it hurt my heart to think that this woman carried that abuse silently for so many years, but honestly, that's, that's, it's more common than people think there's a lot of people out there that hold it silently. And it, it just takes that moment. And I think sometimes that person or that story that just brings it out in somebody. And once you open up those floodgates, There's no turning back because once it's out and you put it out there, you want to keep going because you feel lighter, you feel free, you feel, you know, like you are going on that healing journey. And that is just such an important moment is breaking that silence.
0: I think it's about feeling safe and validated by someone My oldest person that disclosed was in her 90s, and I was doing Healing Touch. I went to an independent living place uh, a couple times a month, and she had knee pain. And she talked about how her knee pain started as a 10-year-old climbing up these cement stairs in Boston at her school. Well, that was about the time her abuse happened. Wow. And interestingly enough, after she shared her story, she had magically no more knee pain at 94. So our body remembers all of that and we hang on to it.
1: That's true. Our body does hang on to it. You know, I, I I have quirks to this day, even though I've let things go, but there's certain things that do stay with you because your body absorbs the trauma. It absorbs the abuse and it has to go somewhere. And when you bottle it up for so long, it does, it seeps out into the other areas. And it's amazing to think that you were able to set that woman free. That's, that's incredible.
0: Well, you're a mom and a grandma. How did your mother's mothering impact the way you mothered?
1: Oh, my mother's mother, my grandma Rose. What an incredible woman. Oh, my gosh. She was tough as nails and she was such an intellect and tenacious. I always call her tenacious because she was feisty, a feisty Italian woman. And unfortunately, she was blind. So she struggled a lot with that. And You know, but that never stopped her. And and the advice that she gave to me and the way she supported me, especially when I lived there, because as a young teen, I did, my mother and I had to go live with our grandparents, my grandparents. And um, she was always there to support me. She was tough, though. She was tough on me. And, you know, I battled with her because I was an angry teen at that time. And I couldn't see what she was doing until I got a little bit older. And then I was like looking for it. I was waiting for it. And she passed away just before I got married. And I was devastated because I just you know, her her strength and courage really, really was amazing and wonderful advice.
0: So Grandma Rose uh, was your mother's mother? Yes. And was your mom the only person in her family who struggled with mental illness?
1: No, no, um, that's the generational part that comes you know into play from my grandfather's side of the family. actually, her dad there was a there was um not only you know, mental illness, but there was also abuse. So it did trickle down into the next generation, and she struggled with it, and her youngest brother struggled with it. And you know, there was four of them. I think each and every one of them struggled in some way, shape or form, but my mom was definitely. Got the brunt of it, the worst of all of it. And your relationship with your
0: kids, how is that based on your upbringing?
1: You know, I always had a goal and a mindset that when I had my own family, it was going to be the family that I always dreamed about. When I would sit in my room alone and cry because I was scared and alone and not knowing what was going to happen next. And I would think of the future and you know, that helped me get forward through things. But yeah, I always thought about my family is not going to be like this. My family is going to be everything that I've always dreamed a family should be. And I'm really proud to say that I have a beautiful family. I have three grown children, all doing really well in life. They're, they're great people. And I have four grandchildren and my husband and I are raising two of them. So, you know, we're we're doing it all over again, but we are connected and we're a tight family and there's a lot of love and support. So, you know, sometimes I feel God gives us gifts, you know, when things happen, you get certain gifts in life. And I believe my family that I have now is my gift.
0: I love that. What a great example of being the person to break that intergenerational curse. We carry that from generation to generation and it takes one brave soul to say, stop, I'm not going to do this anymore.
1: Yes. And, you know, and I took my bumps on that as well, because my mom's side of the family was not very happy with me for sharing the story and they disowned me. So I lost that whole side of my family. They are no longer speaking with me. And, you know, it hurt. It really hurt a lot in the beginning. But now, so many years later, I, I it'll, it'll always hurt. But I realized that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing this for purpose. I'm doing this to help. And I focus on my family and I focus on the future. And I think that's, that's where it is right now for me. So I always think, you know, wish my family well. I hope everyone's good and they're, they're living their lives, but I'm living my life too. And I'm doing it on my terms.
0: Oh, how beautiful. Tell us a little bit about your work as an ambassador. What are some of the things that you're doing to help promote mental health?
1: Yes um, you know being a um, ab- um, excuse me I'm sorry being an ambassador is a wonderful it's a wonderful thing to do because you're constantly speaking to people you're constantly putting yourself out there. you're always you know pushing out information and resources but the best thing that you do, is connect. So I'm connecting with people on all levels. I connect in the community. I connect on social media. I connect on my Facebook inspirational page. I'm everywhere. I always tell people, Google Lisa Zarkone, you're going to find me. <laughs> you know, I do a lot of interviews and I love interviews because again, it's another way, it's another stepping stone out there to connect with people. You know, my hope one day is, you know, this is down the line for a little bit, but my hope one day is to have my own support group. You know, through NASCA, being the ambassador and having a support group for adult survivors. So it is it is on my bucket list. I have some things I have to do first, but it is there. And, you know, I keep pushing and pushing for mental health. You know, right now I'm pushing for mental health in the school systems. Our youth need it desperately. And I've been pushing tooth and nail, you know, saying, listen, you have to start with the youth, you have to start there, give them a strong foundation to build from. So my, you know, my title in being an an ambassador really helps because, you know, people like to hear that you're connected to something. And, you know, when you put it out there, it does, it puts, it puts, connects the dots, it puts meaning to things.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so powerful to have somebody who's experienced the challenges of life being an advocate. It's one thing to be able to stand up and speak about the subject, but it's another to have walked a mile in their shoes and to know what it feels like and to create that safe space for people to have those conversations. So kudos to you for what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that so much because I, I put my heart and soul into this. You know, like I said, every day I put myself out there and I always try to put some kind of positive content out there and just try to reach anybody and everybody that I can. And, you know, when I, I find, you know, people write, write to me or talk to me and tell me that I've helped. That's, that's the prize right there. That's the beauty of what I do.
0: So for those people who are holding, something in secret or who want to maybe disclose, what advice would you have for them?
1: Well, obviously you want to find someone safe, someone that you feel comfortable speaking with. And once you do find that, whether it be, you know, a friend or, you know, a therapist, because I, you know, I do believe in therapy. I know a lot of people have horror stories about therapy as in everything else, you know, but if you could find a wonderful therapist, somebody you connect with, you know, and you'd speak to you know, go there, but, but find that person, that person, whoever it is that you feel safe and comfortable with and start there. And I always tell people, once you decide to go on that healing journey, always go back to the beginning, go back to the childhood, because you'll find something there that triggered this whole thing forward. And then you move forward piece by piece. Don't take it all at one time, small doses. And once you start, like I said, those floodgates open, you're going to want to disclose. You're going to want to talk about it. You want to get rid of it. You want to, you want to finally say, say it out loud. I think that for my, myself was the hardest part for me because I held it in so long. I was scared and terrified to actually hear myself say those words out loud that I was abused. I was sexually abused. I was abused on all levels and to say it out loud. I just couldn't get the words out. And, I, and once I finally did, Everything for me changed and it wasn't easy. It was not an easy journey, but everything changed and I pushed from there and it takes healing takes time. So anyone who thinks that once they say it and it's all good, no, that's just the beginning because healing is messy.
0: You're about to bring another story to light pretty soon. I think you're going to tell your mom's story from her perspective. So share a little bit about your plans for that and why you're bringing that to light from your mom's point of view.
1: So long story short, my mom and I, you know, she'd have her moments of clarity and she always had said to me, Lisa, people need to hear our story. People need to hear what happened to you. People need to hear what happened to me. And, you know, the the best thing we can do is is use our voices. And she always said that to me. She wanted me to write her story. She wanted me to write my story. She wanted me to write her story. And I promised her that I would do that. And, you know, that was always in the back of my head to to write. And after putting my story out there, I really felt compelled to share my mother's story. Because, you know, when you read my book, you know, it shows how horrendous my mother was at those times. And now her story shows another aspect of all of that, what her childhood was like. What her fears were, what her, you know, you know, issues and problems were what was not addressed, you know, back in that timeframe, mental illness was frowned upon. So she lived in silence, she lived with no help. So I wanted people to understand her perspective. So writing from her perspective was very difficult. I mean, you know, she told me many, many stories, and I wrote many of her stories down, and a lot of them are embedded in my brain because she told them to me a thousand times. So I was able to put those pieces together before I came along. And then once I came along and my memories go back way, it's amazing. I have memories back to probably about two and a half years old. is that? Wow it's, yes, it's it's really. It's mind-boggling when these these memories have come back. You know, it's not everyday life but like moments that have stuck with me. But so from my time period up on through, you know, I witnessed a lot. I experienced a lot with my mother. We I we rode the roller coaster. I said we rode the crazy train. I you know because we did, you know. Her, you know, illness brought us to many many places and many scary places. So I was able to put it together, but it was hard. It was hard and it you know, and actually on the the good side, it taught me a little bit more about my mother. It, it, it really taught me where her heart was and who she was as a person, not the woman that was mentally ill. So de- it was definitely another level of healing for me, but just so proud to be able to put her story out there. So people will know who Joanne really was.
0: For those that haven't read your book, where can they find it?
1: Well, they can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And they can also visit my website, lisasarcone.net, because the links are there as well. And I'll just, as I always say, anyone who decides to read my story, hold on tight (laughs) and be be prepared because I am about as raw and real as it gets. Um, When it comes to the sexual abuse, I am graphic in how I speak about it. Because again, I speak from the child's perspective and how I felt in those moments, so I always give people that warning, like, you know, be prepared when you read it, because it's not that story that you go, oh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, and then it, it could be triggering, you know, for someone else who's been abused or ever just those subjects are hard for them to to, to read about or to, to listen to, you know, it, it, I would always say be prepared. And if it's too hard, put it down, you know, take it again, take it in small pieces or don't finish it if you feel like you can't. I hope I always hope people finish my story because the end, There's a, there's a light at that end of that tunnel. And I, and another reason for writing my book, the way I did too, it did show the dark, but it also showed the light and it shows people that when you hold on tight and you fight for it and you keep that hope and faith, you can get through anything, even when you think that you can't.
0: Well, thank you so much for being with me today. Again, you can connect with Lisa at lisasarcone.net. That's where you can find her book. And she has all kinds of wonderful accolades and many podcasts out there. I'll put the links to those in the show notes so that you can uh, connect with her if you so desire. Thank you again, Lisa, for oh, thank being you. that advocate.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. And again, letting me be a voice. And anyone who wants to connect, please reach out because I'm, I'm an open book, really. And I, I love talking to people. So find me. I'm out there. All right. Until next time. Until next time.
0: Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at less stressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com